Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, I certainly do thank you for that introduction. I'm glad that you have taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. I ask that you please grab a Bible and follow along. We're going to answer questions today uh, from listeners just like you. I've noticed over the years that we've been doing this podcast, uh, questions kind of come in sporadic at times, and other times they just seem to continue to, to come through. And and that's great. We take it as it comes. We do appreciate your questions. I know we did a series here a couple of weeks back, and when we get started on a series, we generally uh, do not answer uh, questions through the podcast, obviously, because we've been recording uh, the series. And so, anyway, we, uh, we're glad that you do have patience with us and that you really are listening and have questions. And if you do have a question, please go to our webpage and submit it through uh, the contact form there. Or you can write it to us. We have a post office box. It's also on the webpage if you would like to to uh, mail us a question. We get some mail there. And it, when you uh, do that, uh, please be patient with us. We honestly don't check that box every day. And so we it's a time issue. And we ask for your forgiveness on that. Again, uh, we really know that uh, a lot of people are struggling Um we really need your prayers to keep this going. We need uh, your financial support as well. I try really hard not to hit this really hard. Uh, I try to let God take care of it, and He has. But we also need to be proactive, I believe. And so please uh, be prayerful in your consideration and your donations to us. We have two or three people who are real consistent about helping, and we thank them uh, for that. But we need more people to get on board as well. And uh, if you don't want to to uh, send money, uh, you, there's things you can buy. Perhaps you need a Bible, you need a Christmas gift, birthday gifts, whatever. There are some of those things on the uh, web page too. And we have a freebie for you. So there's another good reason to go check out the web page. It's on the support uh, tab at the bottom, but it is a free download to you uh, as our listeners. And we thank the lady who has uh, provided us with this. It's very nice that Latine has done this. And we do know her personally. She's a great Christian lady and a great uh, prayer warrior. So please, uh, please check that out. Okay, so our first question comes from Hazel. And her question is, is it all right to use slang? Well, gee, gosh. Um, according to the dictionary, this might surprise you. This is uh, a form of God. It is a way of maybe uh, substituting the name of God to, to be more or less tasteful. Perhaps a better lack of words here. I mean, not everyone that uses this term realizes 
that it is kin to the name of God. And gosh is probably considered as a slang word. Uh, it is a slang word much like heck or darn or shoot. And uh, for those who know the English language probably know what I'm trying to get at it. You know, some of the things that I learned over the years uh, with slang, working with people from whose language really is not English as their first language, they really don't understand slang. And so trying to preach and do this podcast and things, I have tried really uh, hard not to use slang, but uh, it is part of every culture. Every language has some form of slang in it. And so in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, turn with me there, uh, verse 26, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 29. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only as such as a word as good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that we'll give grace to those who hear. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now you also put them aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. So, I, you know, I don't know. Some people might consider slang abusive uh, speech. Uh, this definitely could be trying to clean up uh, your potty mouth, as my mother might say when I was growing up. And I think we're all guilty of using slang and, and trying to clean up our words a little bit so it doesn't sound like we talk like a sailor. I think we need, probably including myself, we, we need to learn through patience and some self-discipline not to use any form of slang, whether it's trying to cover up uh, profanity or, or whatnot, especially when we're trying to teach the gospel to be straightforward and uh, do I know million dollar words? Of course I do. Uh, went to school and got all that educated stuff like uh, the Beverly Hillbillies guy would always say, you know, his eighth grade or sixth grade education. Now, see, I just used a term or uh, a picture for only those who grew up in America watching the Beverly Hillbillies uh, from outside of the U.S., Odds are that goes down pretty quickly if anybody's watched that show or knows what I'm talking about. So, uh, again, may not mean that I know how to pronounce some of those big fancy words. And I've been criticized several times over the years not using them when preaching or teaching or doing this podcast, in fact. And here's my whole thought on the subject. I need to use a, a, a language and words and terms that everybody can follow and understand and that they can grasp. Uh, if you don't understand it, you're going to turn it off. Uh, if you're in the pew, you're going to, to start to uh, doze away, go to sleep, whatever. You're just going to ignore me. And so uh, I've tried to always keep this in mind. But before we rush to criticize others again, 
Uh, we must realize that it's just as sinful to be angry and think bad thoughts and say bad as it is to say bad words. And I'm going to close this question out with, with Jesus here. Matthew chapter 12, verses 35 and 37. Uh, the good man brings out his good treasure, what is good. And an evil man brings out his evil treasure, what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall be giving an accounting for in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Again, I think we need to choose our words carefully and wisely. We are all guilty of uh, the, the heat of the moment, uh, excitement, uh, anger. And we say words and give expressions that we should not. And so... I hope this answers your question, Carol. You know, this is just, it's just part of the world that we live in. We've, we've accepted slang and trying to, again, make our uh, profanity, cursing type words uh, maybe appear a little cleaner and that we're not talking as dirty as we might want others to think. And so I, I appreciate your question. And so... Uh, I pray that this this helps you, and, and if you have any more questions, please feel free to contact us. Okay, we'll have another question and answer that uh, question right after this message. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, our next question comes from Brazil. And the question what are the new rules to live by in the New Testament? For example, the Ten Commandments are ten rules in the Old. Well, really, there's not a single list of rules uh, in the New Testament for Christians to live by. Now, having said that, there are many principles, morals, traits, uh, commandments scattered throughout the New Testament most of these are positive, like do these, and there's a few negatives, don't do that type idea. Uh, most call for uh, a, a practice uh, of application to, to follow, uh, some spiritual qualities, but some require that we abstain from or refrain from type idea, sinful things. Okay, so... Uh, I'm not going to read all of these here. I've got five little things I want to note for you and hope that you'll go and check that out yourself. But here's some examples of Scripture that are, are include the following. The Sermon on the Mount. That you're going to find that in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. I think uh, everybody should probably know the Sermon on the Mount very well as a Christian. I think it's just full of uh, great little bits and pieces of information that you can find scattered 
or sprinkled throughout the rest of the New Testament. But the Sermon on the Mount has a lot of do's and a few don'ts. Uh, the second thing is sins uh, which will keep us out of heaven. Now this I want to read to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Okay, and so here's Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth is a mass, really. I mean, if you study it long enough. But so is the rest of our world today. It's a mess. And that's because we allow sin to prosper. But 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, nor thieves, covetous, nor drunkards, rivalers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were not, but you are sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the spirit of our God. Okay, so I think this is a very uh, noteworthy moment here. All of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of the grace of God. And the Apostle Paul makes it clear here that you can come out of that, that there is salvation, that God will uh, cleanse you with his blood if you turn to him. So obviously a lot of these people in the church in Corinth that he is calling Christians once I practice some per, pretty uh, grotesque type stuff. Uh, turn with me also to 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 8 through 11. Okay, and I am reading out of the New American Standard. I don't always mention that. I'm sorry. But 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 11 says, But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers, and for immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. So, sins will keep you out of heaven. That's that's what's the second point here. The next point, third, is deeds of the flesh with, with the fruit of the Spirit. And you can read that in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, it's not fruits. It's fruit. Okay, so... Okay, so, and the fourth point is that we need to be adding to our faith. And the Apostle Peter, in, in his second epistle, Second Peter uh, chapter 1, you can really read that whole chapter and get the idea of what we're supposed to be adding to our faith and our values. And the, the fifth thing is uh, we need to understand what happens to a man who denies God. And that's in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18 to the end of the chapter. It's quite a long, lengthy read. Uh, so I'm not going to read it here for time restraint reasons. But it pretty much says, isn't Matthew a Jew? 
a Gentile, a Greek, whatever. There are several terms that Paul would use there that talk about how we accept so many sinful things and that the wrath of God is upon those who sin. And to avoid that wrath, we need the blood of Christ. We need to be a faithful Christian walking in the light of God. And so we really live in a Romans chapter 1 society. We probably really always have. But it seems to be more open today uh, than it was when I was growing up. Or either that I was just naive because I was young and didn't see those things around me. And so uh, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven among those who do not obey or teach the truth and follow the truth. And, you know, we have a God who says, you want to believe this? You want to do that? That's your privilege. That's, there's going to be consequences at the end of the day for that. And so uh, just like growing up as a child, well, my, my father would say, uh, don't do this or do that. Uh, and if I didn't follow those rules that he had laid out, uh, there was consequences, and rightfully so. And so, anyway, are we under the Ten Commandments is kind of the, a question that comes up from time to time. Not really, but the Ten Commandments are in the New Testament. The, it's still a sin. Uh, the moral issues, if it was a sin... Uh, in the garden, it's still a sin today. Moral issues have never changed with God uh, because of his uh, holiness, his, his purity of being God. Uh, moral issues are very important to him. Uh, homosexuality, uh, taking God's name in vain, stealing, uh, those kind of things are mentioned throughout the New Testament as still being sinful. So I would encourage you, even though we're, we are not under the Ten Commandments, uh, the law of Moses, as it's worded so often, that we still are under the law of Christ. And Jesus would never, ever approve of the behavior and the sinful lifestyle that the Ten Commandments really just shows us and exposes us to who we are as people and that we need to turn from our sinful way and turn to him who can save us from all of that. So I hope that kind of helps you uh, understand. So are we under the uh, any set new rules? Like I said, there's, there's not a single list uh, like the Ten Commandments that are laid out. And if you study the Ten Commandments, you'll find out they expanded that, uh, for lack of better terms here, it's about 612 rules or laws that they all had to follow. So uh, the Jewish people took 10 basic commands and just exploded it up, and, and it really grew. And so, again, I, I thank you uh, for listening. We, uh, we really appreciate the fact that people in Brazil do really listen and uh, have emailed and asked this question. Again, if you... Uh, have any further questions, uh, please feel free to email us and we'll do our best to answer those questions. Uh, a little side note here, every once in a while we'll get an email, do you have to answer the question over the air? Uh, 
Well, of course not. We would prefer to do so, but we can leave your name out and your location if that's what you so desire. Uh, we have no problems with that. In fact, we understand uh, there could be circumstances why you might request that. Again, so anyway, I want to thank you for your question. We'll have time for one more right after this. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. Okay, so we're back uh, for our final question, and if you want to follow along here, I'm going to be uh, in Mark 16, uh, Mark chapter 16. The question comes from Dallas, from Melissa, and I want to thank you, Melissa, for listening, and that uh, you have submitted your question. Uh, the context of Mark chapter 16 here is, who is that about? Well, it shows us that Jesus really is speaking directly to the 11 apostles. Uh, the 12th one uh, has gone away, Judas. He's no longer in the picture. And so Jesus is appearing to the 11 in verse 14. And verse 15, and he says to them, and, and goes on into verse 16, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. This verse is really commonly spoken of being uh, the Great Commission. These really are marching orders for the apostles and for all of us as Christians who would follow the apostles. Uh, you can compare this really to a Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, which really is just another account of, of the same charge, just Matthew's uh, version of it. And Jesus came up and spoke to them. That's the 11. Uh, verse 16 saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. So in Matthew's account of the Great Commission, the apostles are also charged to teach all new converts to do the same thing uh, that we are doing, that is, preaching the gospel to all the world. Later, the Apostle Paul would write in Romans 1.16, as well as in 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses there, he wrote about the gospel of Christ, and it was the power of God uh, unto salvation. So the gospel message tells people how Christ died for their sins, uh, uh, for mankind, uh, how he was raised from the dead, it also tells people the conditions uh, whereby they're going to be saved from their sin. Okay, so here is Peter in Acts chapter 2. Uh, and at the end of his sermon, this is the day of Pentecost. People wanted to know 
how they were going to be saved. And Peter tells them to repent, each in one of you. Repent, turning away from your sinful life, turning toward God. In the name of Jesus, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's Acts 2.38. Baptism is the response of the faith. What is faith? The object or thing believed in that followers, the repentance that unites them with the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I think if you would read Romans chapter 6 really carefully, you would come up with those same conclusions. And so... I know there's a lot of controversy about baptism being immersion or whatnot. And and that's really what the Greek word really means, is to be uh, immersed. If uh, my mother told me to baptizo the dish, uh, she would be telling me to put the dish all the way into the water, submerge it, uh, cover it completely with water. And so that's exactly uh, what that word means. And this idea, too, uh, if you notice here, baptism is the response of faith. So that exactly is what baptism is. It is an act of faith. It is saying, uh, God, I believe you. I believe that you've died for my sins. Uh, you bled and for me. You rose from the dead. And out of obedience, I will uh, be uh, baptized and walk in a faithful life. You know, we, so many people in the church, I don't care what denomination you go to, and I'm going to pick all and all of them here. Once saved, always saved. Once baptized, baptized, always saved. It's really the same doll that has a different dress on it. And here I was just talking earlier about not using slang, but that's, I have no other better way to explain it. And so, uh, baptism is very much part of the Christian walk. There's eight examples of of conversions that we have in the book of Acts. Uh, The church in Rome is practicing uh, baptism. If you would study and read Romans 6 at depth, you would see that. Uh, And so, baptism is very much part of the walk. It is a response to the gospel message that you have heard preached that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that. You're going to repent of your sins. You're going to stop sinning to the best of your abilities. Uh, And that doesn't mean that you won't fall. I think this is a struggle that most of us have uh, early in our conversion time, that we come up out of the baptistry, we're on fire for the, the message of God, we we study, we study, we try to get more people to go to church with us, and so on. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in some kind of a sin trap. And we think God doesn't love us anymore, that we're not forgiven. And that's simply not true. We need to uh, understand that if we get confronted with this sin, that we need to find a way out. And that way out is through Christ. And we need to ask for forgiveness. Perhaps we need to seek counseling, find a good church group, whatever, to help us be uh, walking more in the light that we're supposed to be. And so I'm trying really hard here to say, once saved, always saved. Once baptized, always saved. 
that's not always true. You can say all you want, and they'll say, well, you were never saved to begin with. And that's, I struggle with that statement as well. If, if you would have asked the preacher, the elder, whoever was baptizing, uh, whoever took uh, your confession, uh, the altar call that you made, whatever answered, and they would have said that day, you are a saved person. You've been washed in the blood. You are now a child of God. And in 10 years down the road, something happens, and they say, well, he was never saved. Um, be careful with that. Only one who can, in the end, who can say they're saved or not really is God. And we can see some things by the fruit of their tree. Does it mean that your tree is perfect? It's all the pretty flowers and blooms and producing great fruit that's just so beautiful? We need to be careful with that because we all have some fruit on our tree. It's probably not the best of fruit. And we hope that it falls off, it dies and goes away. So all we have is good fruit for people to see. And that's really only one can do that pruning and trimming is God. And I think that's part of John chapter 15 as well. About, uh, the, the, Jesus says, I am the vine type idea. We need to be connected to, uh, to Jesus. And if we have that, there's always hope. Anyway, I hope that this answers your question. I certainly do thank everybody for listening and, and following me as I kind of ramble on sometimes. Uh, special hi to Kevin up in Kansas City area. Appreciate you and uh, hope that you'll continue uh, telling others about us and continue listening. There's a uh, webpage for you to check out. We are on social media. All those links are on our webpage. Uh, Lots and lots of information on that webpage, and we hope that you will please take the time to check it out and tell others about us. If you have a question, again, please feel free to submit it, and Lord willing, we will be back next week with another episode of Biblical Question. Please keep us in your prayers as we always pray for all of our listeners around the world especially those who are persecuted. Thank you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast? or prayer request. We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.